Welcome to From. is a bi-monthly conversation held with some marvelous individuals coming from all around the world with one special thing in common, a connection to Sweden. What does belonging mean? How does one's identity evolve throughout time, places and people? Those are the questions we will explore together. I'm Marie and I'm Raphael and today we're speaking with Viola. So today we have Viola on the podcast. Viola, welcome to From. We're super happy to have you. It's a very special episode because we're gonna uh, delve really into the specific topics that we're talking about. How would you introduce yourself to someone you just met? Well, to answer this, <laughs> it really depends on where I am in the moment because um, My name is Viola, so I'm Italian and I'm a student. That's something I would say, I always say, anthropology student. And what I would say if I had to introduce myself here is that I'm an Erasmus student and that, um, that's it, I guess, that's all my... But in general, yes, I really identify with this idea of being... Um, of the role I am in, which is like studying. So um, that's it. <laughs> oh, that, that's a, a, actually perfect. <laughs> I mean, anything is perfect, but okay. Um, yeah, that's a great start. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for uh, uh, starting with um, looking into the concept directly, jumping into the concept of identity and um, how well basically your identity can evolve depending on the context on the people uh, the place many different elements um, that's what I understood from your uh, introduction so could you maybe tell us a bit more about this idea so the the basic idea is that um, identity is not really a fixed unchangeable um, category want to call it like this um, I mean that's what we tend to see we tend to see it as an atom something that it's always there and it doesn't change but it's more like a process that is constructed based on relationality so it's always constructed based on someone else to be an identity you need an I and you need a you at least because it's in this interaction that you construct what you are and what you're not so usually what that's my opinion of course but um and also the anthropological view on it is that um you always be build your identity in opposition to someone else so it's more based on the differences you're always actually you're always identify with a we with a group with something But then and that something is constructed um, in opposition to another difference. So another group, another 
they or you. And this process, it's always in action. So what happens when you happen to change um, of group, for example? Um, what, what are the elements that can occur uh, yeah, when you change community? Yeah, so what we say is that um, you renegotiate your being. You, re you have to renegotiate your values, your norms, what you give, uh, uh, took it for granted and what you now see that it's not granted at all, but it was something that you were being socialized in, so you didn't really see it. So when you change the group, probably you have another perspective on yourself too, so you can learn stuff about you and also about other people, of course. But um, that's, that's a very interesting dynamic. When you, what, what do you consider to identify with? And what happened to that when you change your group that maybe doesn't identify in that sense? So it's really shifting um, process. You know. Yeah, I think like this idea of socialization is really what we're trying to understand through the stories that we get to hear through like the people we interview and that it's really the idea of belonging or not belonging, like always this question of does it really matter in your identity building. And like earlier we were talking about this idea of socialization and how you build yourself through Uh, your relationships with others and I was wondering if you could maybe go back to that and um, yeah talk about these ideas of um, habitat and habitus and like what are all those concepts that we kind of don't understand without you <laughs> so um, the idea is that when you grew up in a place when you're born you're born in a group um, so you are socialized through um, routines, through values, norms, and way of using your body, way of percep perceiving the world and thinking the world. You use determinate like categories or classifications um, and everything is kind of, um, we say it's incorporated, it's embedded in your body which is a very important part if you talk about identity also because it's really the first source through which you experience the world. So where you put your body, it's very important. And also how the other bodies are moving around you. Um, but um, the idea of habitus is basically this. So the habitus is the, the environment where you are growing up and it's, something you don't see because it's so obvious and so it it, it has a correspondence with the it, with, again with the environment and the community where you live but once you move or once that environment changed for any reason there's something that breaks from there and then you can see all those things that you took for granted and you have again you have to re renegotiate your identity because something came up and you don't identify anymore with the environment you are in so you, you understand you have to um, again to change something in yourself to rethink who you are uh, to rethink your position um, 
so again it's some very very um how you say this it's it's a process that it's always in action because everything can change also the, the 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 little things but there's a process of growing up of course especially when you go out of your habitus and your habitat um what are the like common roots of those things and that you brought up that super interesting thing that habit at least in latin roots is uh, like the clothes it's uh, your home and uh, your routines they all have the same root of habit or um, so what is it Yeah, no, what, what I was saying is that um, this is in respect to the Italian language. Mm. When it comes to Italian, you have two words, which are abitudine and abito. And the first, it's related to, it means the routine. And we can connect this back to the habitus. Because it's our, mm, again, it's our, the way we have, we've been socialized, so our routine is what we do without thinking about it because it's something so obvious that we don't even think about it, we don't see it. And the other idea is the idea of abito, which in Italian means, yeah, the clothes, what you're wear wearing. So basically the, habit, the habitus is connected to the idea of culture as something that you, you have on yourself and that really pertains to you and shape your body, shape your image and it, it yeah it's it's your body it's you it's the way you choose to be seen from to the, by the others too um and that's a very interesting concept for me um especially when you think all the game you can do with that <laughs> like changing habitus again so changing clothes and changing identity related to those clothes because also if they you're Um, a thing that I, I haven't mentioned yet is that in anthropology, one of the main ideas related to the identity is that uh, every individual has multiple identities um, all the time. And it can change these identities through the day, through the years, but also like in, in um, constant moving of how he sees himself and how he sees the others. And Every time you're in interaction with someone, you are something. But as soon as you change your interlocutor, then you also change a bit. Your way of talking, your way of being. Imagine like how many times in one day you change your clothes. Depending on if you're university, if you're home, chilling, if you're with a group of friends that is super elegant and fancy, or it's another group that it's very more chilling and that's like how you position yourself in every group you meet during the day that's a basic example but <laughs> yeah so there is at the same time like this very concrete clothes like what you're wearing during the day and also this maybe more figurative clothes from what i get uh, which are um, like how you define yourself in relations to others and like I w I w as you were saying like how do you uh, introduce yourself to other people is kind of those figurative clothes that you put on yourself I mean is that yeah, yeah. that they come from yeah. your we can we can use the word culture mm. I don't I'm not really um, 
a fan of how it's used uh, daily, but it's easier. So yeah, you can see as every culture as a kind of clothes, so something that it's on you and sometimes you don't even think about it, but really shapes the way you appear to the others and the way you move. And yeah, for example, moving, when you introduce yourself to someone, you choose to do it in a particular way that is personal, but it's also very cultural, right? Mm. So, yeah. And um, another thing we were talking about is this idea of the way we conceptualize the concept of identity, which is very Western and connected to ide the idea of individualism. Because we think as identity as very like different selves that are isolated. Like they are in interaction, but they are very isolated in their being individuals. So you can think uh, of them as like a group of atoms that meet each other, but never, um, how do you say, um, that <laughs> keep, yeah, they never, yeah, they keep being separated mm -hmm. entities. They're but, segmented. Yes. But something that came up with all the research we did in anthropology and um, ethnography and meeting and studying other cultures is how this idea is very, very Western because in other places you conceptualize the idea of individuality not as a, an identity, not as a isolated island, but it's more a constant Mm. not even interaction, but not being just one thing, oneself. You're part of something bigger. Yes. yes. So you relate to others and your environment. Too. Yeah, but also if you think, for example, of your body, you are living because there is a lot of bacteria in your body that keeps you alive. If it wasn't for that bacteria, you, you, you couldn't live. So you're not just, like, if you think also um, I'm at a level of biology, you don't, you're never alone. You're, you're not just one separated entity in the world, but you're in constant, like, interaction with other entities, not, not just humans, of course, but, like, we, we don't used to think about this. In other places, they do. That's why uh, we talk about this, about the etymology of individual which has this word in Latin that is id, that means being the same. And another concept that was developed in anthropology is instead of individual, is being a individual. Because you're never, um, again, you're never isolated. You're not in atoms that cannot be, that stays there and it's never, it's always the same. That's that's what individual means. You're always like you're always the same of yourself, which is not because again, since you're never isolated, you're always in interaction. You're always changing, and I think that's something we don't really think about because it's again, it's a category we we've been mm. socialized in, so <laughs> we don't really think about it. Yeah. But yeah, but that's also related to the belonging again, so... Since we were talking about relativity in a way and uh, relation and this idea of 
always renegotiating who like how you will present yourself or introduce yourself depending on where you are um and for example there is something that kind of struck me not struck me but like surprised me when you introduced yourself i mean not surprising but you introduced yourself as an italian and i was one like this is really an you're you're adapting to where you are right now because if you were in italy you would probably never say i'm an italian right mm-hmm. so you introduce yourself as an italian uh was it um like spontaneous kind of not really thinking answer or like how do you think about this way of introducing yourself that's a very nice question because <laughs> um i think it, it wasn't it was um totally spontaneous yeah but i think it's a uh, routine i have here because here mm-hmm. the first question people ask you is like what's your name where are you from and that's very interesting because like why do we have to ask every time where the other is from mm-hmm. why is that what a very important question yeah. it's related to how we are being used to use this idea of identity i think that for us it's normal like not normal but it's obvious to relate identity to nationality. If you think about nationality, you think about identity and mm. like but that's again that's a very very western way of thinking and maybe also european way of thinking. I, I'm not sure about this, but for us I think that within Europe it's very important to differentiate ourselves to the others, mm. you know. And also there is north of Europe, south of Europe. And yes, I okay. see this division here a lot. Yes. Because it's very important if you're from the south or from the north. Because it's a very different way of approaching. Um, and that's very interesting. Because like, really, like, why do we feel this need of identifying national, in, you know, in a national way? When we are here for socializing with people that have different backgrounds, so... Yeah, but this kind of brings us to um, what elements connect people one to the other, and probably with strangers here uh, in residency, uh, residency where there's a majority of foreign students, it's the one main thing you have in common is that you're a foreigner. So that's how you connect with the other because you're sharing common oh yeah for sure but I was thinking it's when I'm home and not like when I'm in Italy but um, I don't study where I grew up so when I moved out again when I'm in the in my university city every time I meet someone that's also the question where are you from which is not anymore at the national level but it's a regional regional level like what 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 city are you from? So it means like you really identify from the place you come from. Yeah. And again, but you here you can see like all these multiple level of identity, yeah. right? So I'm European, I'm Italian, I'm from my city. Female. Female. It Female really depends. Students. Yes, on mm. where you are and who you're talking with. Yeah, and, and like since you brought up the female thing, I think this is. Uh, but again, like never, I don't think we never really asked, I mean, for now it's really the beginning, but asked the specific question of gender because this is not exactly what we're approaching. But I feel like probably this will come up kind of um, between the lines that maybe you will have a very different feeling of 
let's say if you come from France, you will have a very different feeling of what it feels to be French if you're a woman, whereas if you're a man, like, like I'm kind of interested if you have something to say about it, like as, and do you, if you had conversation, I don't know, with uh, Italian peers, Italian male peers here, how do they identify themselves as Italian? What do they relate to? Uh, to Italy and how do you relate to Italy as one or is it like if you never thought about it it's fine but uh, <laughs> yeah no yeah. I thought about it but I never mm. had this conversation mm. so I I, mm. I I wouldn't know how mm. to answer this mm. but for sure you experience the thing differently I don't know how much this comes up when you are when you talk about it because it's not very neat in the conceptualization. It's not like, oh yes, I'm, I, I, I never, when I, yeah, see, I don't think about my femininity and my being a, a, a woman in a routine situation. I do when something happens and then that category uh, means something and becomes a problem or, um, yeah it comes up because there's something there that it's not working. But if it's not, I never think about me being a woman because it's so obvious and I don't have to discuss it with anyone. I don't have to put myself there to, to describe who I am in this sense. So it's what we were talking about also, the idea that you really think about what's obvious only when you moved move from an environment or you have a change and then you have to renegotiate who you are and I don't think this is something for me here as a student it's not something that really changed my I mean it does change my experience of course but it's not it's never a problem maybe because it's Sweden maybe because we live in Lapis which is a very safe environment and I never have to think about it or I don't think it's a discriminating um, position for now here where I am. But about this idea of uh, negotiating and renegotiating, could you maybe tell us about an experience you had um, when you experienced something different that challenged you on what you considered as being truth uh, and when you really kind of gain awareness of your own subjectivity and how yeah this affected your way of thinking and yeah if, if you have any thought on that well I guess I had many experience but all I th I mean the majority are all little things that you don't really I mean um, the first time I think I, I really started thinking about this when I left Italy for the first time, um, which was in Brazil. So the difference was a lot and I had to understand, but it's like very basic things. Like I'm used to walk in the street with my phone in the hands. And when I was there, I couldn't because it, it was super uh, dangerous or I had to my yeah that's that's somewhere where I had to renegotiate me being a woman because from where I come from um, it was never a problem I never I was when I was younger I didn't think about it I wasn't a feminist I I, I never thought about this being a problem 
because from my in my city it's everything like super safe and there's no discrimination or at least I didn't experience it when I came when I went to Brazil I understood that there the woman had a very different social role at least in the family and the community where I was living and it was very much more like you're a woman then you don't go out alone never and if you can if you can don't go out at all stay home wash the dishes wash the clothes clean the house once a week, once a day, it was something I had to do, and my host sister had to do. But when we hosted a guy, he came for like a month, no, maybe two months in the house where we were staying, and my host parents didn't require anything from him. And that's when I started like thinking about this. And I didn't question it there because I felt like I was an host, I was hosted, and it was another culture, and. I didn't want to impose my way um, at the moment. But yeah, that's totally something that I guess all of us experience at least once in our life and really like make you think about who you are. And also, I think it makes you think how you should react to that. And that's very personal and also linked to identity and belonging. Like, how do you cope with that? I don't know if that was your question. <laughs> no, that was that was very interesting because we talked a few times uh, about when you got and how you got into anthropology. I thought it was so really really interesting. Uh, you saying that it just like completely transformed your world when you discovered about the topics uh, touched in this discipline and how that would because I I'm bringing this up because. Uh, I thought you had talk you had talked about the fact that you went to Brazil and I thought that's probably the one time where it hit her hard and she got to realize this thing of subjectivity and you know uh, different truth depending on where you are and your context and stuff. But the first thing that you told me about was when you started studying anthropology. But now your answer is more about Brazil, so that's. I think that. In general, because when I was in Brazil, I had many experiences that actually, yeah, that's true. They changed my perspective in a lot of things. But I never really put them into a broader um, frame of changing my life. Because it was such a little things that now, while I'm speaking, I'm realizing that probably, yes, that was a very turn in my life. It's just that when I studying anthropology that's my turning point just probably because I put them in a very logic way and like constructing and structured uh, way of thinking you know it wasn't more about me and my experience it was more about how to see the world in general like how to conceptualize it in a more structured way so that's why my answer was that probably but yeah yeah, actually, I wanted to ask because I don't know, like, how, how, and why did you start studying anthropology? What triggered this um, <laughs> will to study anthropology? That was um, it was kind of random, but also not because um, I didn't know, and I all my high school I was so worried about my future because there was nothing I was passionate about, and I didn't know how to choose. So I chose architecture actually, and I took the test and everything. But I kept this idea 
I remember that I wanted so badly to go back to the Amazons. That was my big dream. So my, my idea was like, I have to find something that can take me there. Take me there again. And at some point, like totally random, my last year, I, my father actually gave me this book. Um, he, he studied philosophy, but he knows a lot about anthropology too, but I didn't know anything about it. And I had to write this essay and he came up with this book and gave it to me. It was a very short book and I loved it. And it was an anthropologist that wrote it. And then I discovered this huge world of anthropology and I, I just took a leap of faith and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but just like try it. Cause this book is so like so good. I want to do this. I want to study this. So yeah, it was kind of random, but then from the first lesson, I, I just loved it. What was the first lesson? <laughs> it's like introduction to anthropology, but um, my teacher went on for two hours deconstructing every every category we took for granted and we went out like without any um we didn't know what to think we didn't know anymore what was true what wasn't true like every, all our work was like completely deconstructed mm -hmm. like the idea of mathematics the idea of medicine the idea of everything was so much relativized relativized Mm. <laughs> it was like <laughs> made relative. Yeah, made relative. Like everything <laughs> depends on your culture. There's not true one truth. There's just different points of seeing the world, different perspectives yes. on it. And then you're like, okay, so so so, where do I start? You know, what, what how what on how would I base my my values if none of them is good and bad? There's not good and bad. There's just like different ideas so yeah <laughs> it was kind of hard to get through it at the beginning and do you feel like now you navigate with uh, kind of a clearer uh, thing to base your thinking on or yeah i mean after that the second class he looked at us and he was like okay i know but I, I wanted to leave you with these cows for like at least one day. But now, just go back to the normal. You are like, you live in a society, just get what you think is good and make it the base of your life. Just knowing that that's just one way you can live and you can change all the time. Just don't impose what you believe as the truth. But then you can believe in whatever you want, of course. So. So they give you the answer on a silver plate. Yeah, kind of. But, but yeah, but the point is that you should never, yeah, think that what you think is the only way to do it. Mm. So. Okay, and I have another question on this, uh, which we also touched on in the last episode, is how we could say that there are several ways of uh, challenging what you think and yeah what you hold for what you take for granted and we talked a lot about challenging it through experience um, not only through intellectual thinking and conceptualization but like feeling things 
Uh, yeah, physical confrontation. Yes, and not only thinking them. Um, and yes, if you have any. any yeah, no, but there. then again, as I told you before, first way for us to lead the work it's like through the body so of course experience it's the first way we have to to live to 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 feel to to do everything and conceptualization comes after that just to put in words what's happening but that's totally the the, the way to learn to grow up it's to challenge your body and like not challenge your body but move your body through in the world so again if we were talking about belonging the, the moment you experience this rupture kind of with the place you're born is the moment you start thinking and feeling different mm. and also positioning yourself in you don't really um, again, you don't think about it, but you experience it, right? Like, you start feeling maybe uncomfortable in some places, and then you start thinking about how you could live better in that place. So that's certainly a way of, yeah, experience those. But I think, like, after, like right now we have, you have touched on those two things, right? Like, intellect, both intellectual, uh, qu like, huge questioning, and also physical... Uh, like lived experience like when you were in Brazil so I was wondering what came first was it did you start studying right after uh, high school or did you go to Brazil like what's the timeline of your <laughs> life of your life <laughs> no I went to Brazil when I was in high school okay yes yeah. I did an exchange um, there for a year and then I started studying after that but yeah I think mm -hmm. I, I haven't I haven't um, conceptualized my experience there. Again, because it's also easier to think about um, things that you haven't experienced, because when it comes to you, it's really hard to, to conceptualize that, because it's hard to kind of detach yourself from what you experienced, so it's hard to position it, right? So I think I'm still processing what happened to me in Brazil eight years ago. <laughs> Eight years ago, yes. <laughs> time flies. <laughs> so you went to Brazil, then you came back to Italy, yes. and you studied there. I finished the high school, and then I moved. Oh. Um, yes, in Italy, but in another city. That changed me a lot too. It was the first time I lived alone, the first time I questioned myself, the first time I had to find a job, and yeah, mm. define who I was without my parents mm. and why, without my community, without mm. my friends. Is wow. that yeah? Is that um, important? Uh, I mean, for you uh, as like personally, and also uh, if you can maybe talk about it through an anthropologist perspective, like the idea of like what makes home. Because we were talking about your community, your family, and is that home for you or what uh, around these questions? I I don't have like one specific questions, but more. How do you relate those things together or not? Yes. For me, that's a very difficult um, topic. I talked about it with different people because I, I can see uh, 
a difference um, in respect to my friends, for example, that are very, very, very um, connected to my city, basically where I'm from, and all their life, lives, it's in there, while I never felt it like it was... I. I feel like it's my home, of course, because I grew up for 19 years there, but I always had this thing that I had to move from there. And I feel like when I did, I completely changed myself. And now I have these two identities in conflict, actually, because every time I go back, there's all my old life there, and I'm a, I'm a totally different person then. Taking on new clothes. Yes, <laughs> and they reboot the old ones. Yes. <laughs> but, but yes. So what? But also the other thing is that I talked about this with my mother because I didn't notice this, but she made me notice how much I'm connected to my house, like the one I grew up in. For me, it's like my only Shelter. yes I, I've been living in so many different places now I have so I lived in Brazil I lived three years in Bologna I had my first Erasmus in Amsterdam then I moved again for my master and then I'm here and I have so many houses and I love them all of them and I I, I bring with me all those experiences but I never every time I had to left them it was okay uh, the first time my mom tried to tell me that they wanted to sell the house in my city, I panicked. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I never the same thought thing. about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I don't want to live there. That's the funny thing is that I don't want to yeah. live back in my city. So it's, I don't know what happened there. But I guess that kind of answered mm. your question. Maybe it's also the place where you collect yourself after all those negotiations yeah. around the world. You come back home and you process and you feel... Uh, safe and sound and this gives you the possibility to um, yes move on and accept all those transformations but you need to be in this place yes to take place but uh, yeah but that's for example a difference with someone else for me it's not the community I had there because I love my friends but I don't really mm, I'm not so in need to to get back there for them or for my family either, we really lived in the distance without problems. So it's a very um, issue of the the material of the house, you know, like yeah. the materiality mm -hmm. and the, the the way it is, yeah. more than the <laughs> belonging as a group or yeah. community of mm -hmm. people. But I guess the kind of change change depending on who you're talking with it, I can totally relate to this <laughs> it's, it's crazy I can feel it more and more and uh, especially this year it really hit me I realized that this was a process I had that had been going on since a while but I never really came to realize it uh, until recently and and that I needed to be uh, in at my parents home in my home alone but with the security of home family cats <laughs> cats are important <laughs> to think about all those things and um, also I guess um, not be distracted by the outside world and just get into this bubble 
Yeah. Yeah, but that's also something that, for at least for us as Europeans, again, um, looking at our history, it's very... Mm, you can see how it changed a lot in the last two generations, this idea, because if I think about my parents, not that much, but like my grandparents, the for them, like leaving the city was out of question. The community where they were living, it was so important. They knew so many people and they had this really strong social ties with so many different um, citizens of their neighborhood, of the city. It was, that was what they were. Yeah. It was super important for them. And for us, as a generation, you can talk about globalization, you can talk about whatever you want, but this idea of Again, the individualism is growing so much, and now we feel like the we are better if we don't have ties, if we are totally independent, mm. if we travel, we go, we don't have anything that like kept us grounded um, somewhere. Grounded yeah. somewhere, and f- this became a value, mm. but it wasn't. So again, it's like this is a process that is constantly redoing what we are. But it's also very embedded on our on the society. We don't think we are. We think of ourselves as independent, but we are totally dependent on also the dynamics, the the the, the um, how do you say, the wider dynamics of our um, social cultural background, if we mm-hmm. want to call it like this. As for example, in this case, Europeans or middle class or <laughs> whatever how we want to call it. But yeah. Yes, yeah, so like, thank you a lot. <laughs> thank you. It was very yeah. insightful and very, mm. very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked how you could, yeah, navigate and relate the like concepts and kind of more academic ways of thinking with your own experience. Um, how uh, would you advise someone who is interested into anthropology to get into the topic? Where I guess that. Start? The best part, the best way is to look for monographies. So anthropologists that went on the field and wrote a book about it. Because if you focus only on manuals, they are basically, usually they are more about history of anthropology, mm. which is kind of boring if you're not into it, of mm. course. So the best way I really think it's about, they are very nice to read them because usually it's not academic writing it's more about they they really engage with the place they are they engage with the like positioning there and it's more like a narration or a narrative of everything they experienced and then they put on into an intellectual work that's mm-hmm. also what i really liked about anthropology because it's always start from your experience and then it goes more in a generalized way so if you just type the topic you're interested in and anthropology, then you yeah. can see so many books, so many monographs about every topic. So mm-hmm. also about belonging and in the sense you were, we talked before, like in sense of nationality and how moving and being in between different identities really um, put yourself in a hard position, if that's what the topic, your main topic, from what I understood. Yeah, I mean, it, everybody's free to understand it as uh, everybody wants. Uh, but yeah, it's really this idea of how 
do you relate who, where, when, what do you belong to, to your own identity? Does it matter or does it not? And every time, like, try to understand why and try to, yeah, delve into it in a personal, at a personal level. But, uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting that we get also, like, this anthropology perspective on it. Any book, any, any reading recommendation? Well, yeah, I would say this one, which is, it's called Anthropology. Um, the subtitle is What Does It Mean to Be Human? And it touches very different topics. And it's written by um, Lavenda and Schultz. But yeah, it touches very different, like the basis of anthropology, but also it talks about evolution, biology related to racism, um, identity related to nationality, and many of the topics we discussed today. Well, perfect, thank you. <laughs> and my book, When I Will Be Famous, I will write it. Of course. It. <laughs> For sure.